Welcome to the For the Reef podcast. Each week we bring our fish nerd conversations from the fish room floor to your living room. We try to bridge the gap between the saltwater aquarium hobby and coral reef conservation. Now, here are your hosts, fisheries biologist and founder of For the Reef Apparel, Mitch Dender, with local fish store owner and first responder, Ian Bell. This episode, uh, we were going to talk about Ian's story, uh, kind of what brought him into reef keeping and you know, eventually owning an aquarium store, fish store, local fish store, and online store. And then, uh, you know, what, what that's all like. I'm really curious. I'm sure everybody who's involved in the aquarium hobby has to wonder at some point what it's like to actually run your own store. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to diving into it. Um, what did you do to, to reef keeping, Ian? Um, it was a whim, really. I always liked going to the fish store and stuff and just looking at seeing what's around and checking it out. And then one day I saw somebody selling a um, BioCube, 32-gallon BioCube on Kijiji for a really good deal. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to try that. So I picked mm-hmm. it up and just one to the other through meeting some of the local fish stores in town. I started sort of learning what I could, helping out and eventually got involved with another fish store and I saw some opportunities in our area because there wasn't a lot of people that were really trying to help it was more in, more around selling you something mm-hmm. and not enough about actually gaining some knowledge and helping somebody get forward Right. Um, so after a little while, I decided to stretch out on my own and start my own store. Um, so how long time, ago are we talking though? Like, is it um, like, how long have you been reefkeeping? I would say about eight years. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then I've had my store currently sustainable Marine Canada. I've had that for in its current state for four years. And then a year or two before that, I was doing it just online when I was working from out West. Yeah. So when you were working out West, what did that look like? How did you possibly? Um, At that time I was filling a void in our area where there were certain products and stuff that weren't available locally. So it was mostly run online and people would pick up from my house or I would have it delivered to them and shipped out Mm -hmm. when I was away. Um, Or I would do deliveries uh, to areas within one to two hours of us, I would get a whole bunch of orders and then drive them there to start building a clientele at that point. Um, And it just kept growing and growing and growing to the point where I needed to have a small space. Um, I had some wholesale vendors that were very supportive and, you know, assisted me in getting started and encouraging me. And, you know, they still back me today. Um, Mm -hmm. Guys like uh, Phil Gilbert from Paula Blab and stuff like that were, were really really good support and it just keeps growing. Um, it's still growing. It's kind of baffling that it came from a bio cube to right. the shop that it is now. And so you kind of skipped over the whole freshwater phase. You just went straight into salt. Water. I did. I did it sort of backwards to most people. I learned salt water first and now I'm sort of getting interested in freshwater aquascaping and learning that side of it. It's, yeah. it's been kind of funny that way. Yeah. Yeah. Usually everybody goes the cheaper route Yeah, (laughs) and then uh, graduate to salt water. And then, you know, some people. What really spurred me to do some of this was the fact that I was led astray. Not a lot of stray or, or whether people didn't know that I was dealing with. I'm not sure what it was. I don't want to make any false statements, but I was, sold things that I didn't need yeah, and I didn't know that I didn't need them. And I learned that later and I don't care for that for sure. Um, Just for the sake of making a sale. It Mm -hmm. kind of one of the things that we, we do in the store when people come in is, you know, you may not leave with something, but I'm going to give you my honest opinion, what I think, 
Should you wait? Are you ready? Do you need this? Don't you need this? We're going to examine why you're looking for a certain item before yep. you go. I, I have people come in all the time that are, um, even just this weekend, they may have been to another place and they're like, well, we're looking to set up a system and this store said I should do this, this, and this, and this. And can you give me your opinion? And I do. And yeah. often they're quite different. And then, you know, I give them information, good, reliable videos to watch, all sorts of things. Because I want you to succeed. I'm not looking to just sell you something and kick you out the door. Yeah. Sometimes exactly. that'll work. Sometimes it won't. But it, I, I try. Yeah. And, it's and I've had so many experiences like that. I mean, like, I can, yeah. I'm not going to say stores or whatever, but I've definitely yeah. been in some places, some places that, well, actually, you know, majority of the places that I'm thinking of are now closed because mm -hmm. I think that that, that, way of doing business always catches up to you because I don't know, like it's, I don't know, it's just me, but you know, first time aquarium owners, they're like a, they're like a baby deer walking yeah. through the woods, you know, like they don't yeah. know what the heck is going on. And like in, in freshwater, you know, even my uncle, for example, he got into freshwater as kind of a hobby as he was um, recovering from an accident he was in. And, um, you know, he would go into a store looking for some insight and he'd come back with a bag full of crap, to my opinion, crap, because it would be like, you know, you got your, he's got a freshwater tank and they're telling him, you know, pump it full of fertilizer and you need to be doing X, Y, and Z and you need to change your carbon filters every five days and all, all this stuff that like, I get it. It's, you know, the recommendations from the manufacturers or, you know, whatever, but from experience, if you're really an experienced aquarium owner, which you'd think most of the aquarium owners were, they wouldn't recommend things that are inevitably going to make that person dislike the hobby. Cause like when your tank crashes and you just started and you did everything that someone told you who you trusted to do it right, then you're going to be gone pretty soon. I found that's what people are looking for. They're looking for someone that they can go to and get reliable information to move forward. Mm -hmm. um, they're not looking for someone to be a salesperson as much mm -hmm. as that's part of your job. They're looking almost for a buddy. Like mm -hmm. who can I go to? Who's going to give me consistent information every time. And in my previous situation, I noticed that there was some consistency errors there mm -hmm. and you know, none of us are perfect. I'm learning. I learn something every day and I try and make it a, a point of that in this hobby because there's always something new and something developing. I watch endless videos when I'm in the store are always playing in the background on YouTube and stuff, trying to keep up with what's learning and what's going on. So that to the point now where I have sort of a stock list, I'm like, when someone comes in, I'm like, okay, I want you to watch this video. This I figured this is, a, this is pretty consistent and good information. There may be some varying views, but this is a great place to get you started. Yeah. So that I can send the people home with some resource that they can mm -hmm. refer to. They don't have to remember everything that I said, or we talk about in a 20 minute conversation. They've got something to go. What now? What did he say? Oh, I can go watch this. That'll be that. And then they come back in and we're all speaking the same language. Yep, for sure. And so, I mean, yeah, it's, I, one of the, my biggest pet peeves too is, is some, it, you, in the aquarium hobby, you get a lot of, there's like, a, some people really think they know everything. <laughs> like some store owners um, are, obnoxious about giving you the wrong information to the point where like a lot of times I'll walk into stores and like, I don't, I don't need to prove that I have been in the hobby for a long time or I know what I'm doing or whatever. Like even when I like, if I were to go into PetSmart and go buy a Daniel, right. And the, the, the girl at the, at the pet store is or the uh, PetSmart is saying, well, how big's your tank? I just answered, you know, it's 40 gallons, 50 gallons. Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not rude about it, but when some stores you go into and the owners are like, just trying to shove information down your throat and tell you exactly how you're supposed to do it. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a bad part of, of aquarium stores. And unfortunately, like this last link, in my opinion, from like, uh, a, a sustainability of this hobby 
is the local fish store. And that's why like everybody always says like old timers in the fish community, <laughs> they, the fish community, uh, old timers in the fish community would say, you know, support your local fish store. And the biggest reason is because that's where you're going to find honest information from people who know what they're doing and they're going to try their best just to point you in the direct direction. And of course there's all the benefits of being able to like see and feel and all that stuff that you don't get from online. But that is exactly what I think the aquarium industry needs is the reason why I, I was really, uh, why, you know, me and you even became friends eventually, but first I was a customer, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, we, um, I, I would go out of my way to go to your store. Your store was a lot farther from me than other stores when I was living up there. And I would go out of my way to go to your store because I knew that you represented what I wanted to support. And uh, I always appreciate the honesty that come from you and not just you, but the guys that you hired, you know, you've got, yeah. you've got great people that work there and help you out. So it's, uh, I think the key to the whole thing is to, I don't want to say this. I've taken some cues. This is kind of how I do things anyways, but I've taken some cues, believe it or not, from uh, Ryan at BRS. Mm-hmm. When Ryan makes a video, he shows you what he knows and what went well, mm-hmm. but he also shows you what failed. Yeah. Because that's important too. For sure. So I think the key to, you know, strive for rewards anyways, is to talk to your people. And if they ask you a question you don't know, say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but maybe I can help you figure that out. Or I've got some people I could call and ask, or, you know, maybe we can look at this resource, but don't feed people a line of stuff that you, you're just making up because sooner or later they're going to figure that out and it's going to come back to get you. And my, my end goal is to help everybody succeed. And I have customers that are, you know, maybe they're more experienced in this area than I am or whatever. And they come in and, and I'll ask them questions and we share, like, I think, it, it's it's meant to be a community and we're all supposed to help each other and i just mm-hmm. have sort of tried my best anyways to sort of create a little hub in our area where if i don't know you might know or if you don't know maybe x y and z knows and we can mm-hmm. reach out and generally we can come to a solution right yeah and for sure that seems to have worked well for us so when you first got you know, when you were kind of starting it out and it was kind of a side hustle to your full-time job. Yeah. What were the products that were from my full-time job too? So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Undertaking. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you were a paramedic in the oil fields basically, right? Or, yeah. My uh, background is emergency services. So when I started this store, um, I've been, well, let me see quick, quick history. I've been in emergency services for 20 years. Um, currently a, uh, fire chief in the county where I work here and um, before that when I started the store I was working in the Alberta oil fields um, at one of the sites there and I was part of the ERT, ERT team so we did uh, we were paramedics we were fire we were hiring go rescue confined space hazmat whatever you needed to be done that's what we did so I was away two weeks at a time doing that and trying to start this business from there and it just grew to the place where I could stop doing that and be home with my kids and my family and my wife. And here it goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So what were the like niche products that you were finding that people needed? Um, basic stuff, you know, two part, um, right. certain foods and carbons and stuff like there, there's, there was another, what I'll just say is a big box store in town. Mm-hmm. But they have what they have. They don't have the ability to stray into the sort of more specialty stuff that people were looking for or more variety in this. They just they're just general. And there was another aquarium store at the same in that time period, too. But he ended up moving on to a different career. So it was just mm-hmm. a good move for me. And my previous situation, it sort of seemed like it was more of a hobby gone wrong rather than a business. Mm-hmm. So we've just sort of taken it in a different direction and it keeps morphing. And now we're doing service and installation works is a large part of what we do. And I never had a thought of going into that, but actually is something that we really enjoy has become our specialty. Mm-hmm. I sort of found that every store has a sort of thing that they're 
they're good at and that that's that's their thing like there's a couple stores in toronto one of them he's the coral guy like everybody mm-hmm. knows that's where the the sort of flashy corals come from mm-hmm. there's another one he's sort of the dry goods guy there's you know everybody sort of seems to land into their into their yeah. niche and this yeah. the, the service and install seems to be quickly becoming sort of where we're going to land mm-hmm. yeah i mean because you guys are really good at it <laughs> you well, uh we enjoy it. I think that's the key to it. Like when you enjoy doing something, yeah. then it's not really work. So what would you say is the biggest challenge of running a store? Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> time is the biggest. There's not enough time because it doesn't run like a normal business would necessarily nine to five. Mm-hmm. You may have to go get your fish order in the evening. You may, you know, something could we've had tanks blow out of the shop at an inconvenient time. You've got to go and get your kids, but you need to still do that. It's just take your, your home aquarium and multiply that by however many square feet. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a challenge to keep up with. And with this whole COVID thing going on, staff staffing is a problem. Yeah. So my current issue that I'm finding is I, there's not enough of me mm-hmm. to be everywhere I need to be. Yeah you know, to take care of everything. Mm-hmm. And then and, like, and then I'm a small, small business, you know, you've got to balance your, your funds and I'm creating this store as I go. It's, it wasn't like a, I had all this money in my pocket to create this place exactly the way I wanted it to be right off the bat. I didn't have that luxury. So it mm-hmm. feels like I'm in a constant state of uh, renovations and my customers will agree with you every time they come in. I'm like, something's different. I'm like, I, you got to change it till it works. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, when I was, when I was living there, I was there at least once a week. And every time I walked in, I'd said the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but you also learn as you grow and I've learned quite a bit. Um, my local wholesaler in Toronto is uh, reef wholesale, mm-hmm. unbelievably knowledgeable and helpful and encouraging. Yeah. And uh, we've revamped a lot of things that we've learned. And, you know, you try and do things on a budget and well, maybe sometimes that's not the best way. Sometimes you just got to do it the right way. Um, yeah. I rebuilt my entire fish system during the last lockdown and it's the best thing I ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and, and you know, do you want to describe what you changed about your fish system? I changed cool. the entire thing. I bought mm-hmm. some tanks from a, another wholesaler that they had that from a fish store that came down and we tried to make it work. And it just turned out that they weren't, they weren't fit for purpose. Mm-hmm. They, they just weren't, you're trying to, you're trying to take somebody else's idea and, and rework it. And it just wasn't right. What I ended up doing was taking it all out. I talked with uh, Derek up at Miracles Aquarium. He built me a whole bunch of new tanks and we completely rebuilt and replumbed the whole thing. Now I have every tank is isolatable. So if something goes wrong or I want to use it to quarantine something or treat something or a tank breaks, which just happened the other day, I can shut that off and the whole system still runs. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that we wanted to do was increase the flow through each tank. All the systems that I'd found out there that people had, there wasn't enough flow through the tank, which also was leading to lack of oxygenation. I was finding mm-hmm. for the fish. Now every tank has a one inch input and an inch and a half output. And I created my own sump because if the power goes out, there's almost a hundred gallons worth of drain down in the system and nothing commercially available would do that. So we ended up taking a um, shipping container type thing, cutting the top off. And I yeah. created that into a sump that everything drains into. And there's all kinds of water turmoil and filtration and everything. It's worked really great. I've, it's mm-hmm. there's the plumbing behind that looks like some sort of industrial complex, but it was, it was worth doing. Sometimes you wonder when you're doing stuff, should I do this? But it yeah, oh yeah. definitely made a difference. The so that's your main that I fish in display. Yeah. And the very first fish I put in it, just the behavior, they're not hiding. They're not shy. They're always out now. They eat right. readily. It just made a huge difference. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause I mean, let's, I mean, you had your, your challenges with fish. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 As, as every store does, mm-hmm. they're, uh, they're challenging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Oh yeah. 
Oh, yeah, because Mr. Mr. Brian Waugh from the Niagara Coral Show is watching us. Hello, Brian. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, you probably have all heard that uh, Brian had to um, cancel the Coral Show for the upcoming year. It was a unfortunate and difficult decision for him, but I think it was the right one. There's just so many challenges now. You can't really expect a guy like that to... Uh, drag on forever without some sort of a decision so hopefully when this gets a little better it'll be uh kelly just kelly just walked in here <laughs> and she just wrote a note and said tell the story of how you went in and brought him coffee while waiting for you right oh no, no, no. Kelly, okay. this, is, this is kelly which yeah. is wife uh, she puts so up she with all of her shenanigans. So <laughs> Kelly, uh, Kelly is saying that she said, "Tell the story of when you brought coffee out to her while waiting for me." So I made a habit of any time oh. I was going to your <laughs> store, that I would stop in and uh, and come and 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 I always say to Kelly, like Kelly, don't worry about it. You know, two seconds, I'm going to be in and out. I'll just run in. I'm going to grab it. And then we get in and we get to talking. And, and then one time I went in there and uh, you knew that Kelly was in the car and you're like, no, no, no. So you, uh, you brought a coffee <laughs> out there in, in that nice, uh, sustainable marine came in and we got to keep the mug and we yeah, still drink out of it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that's customer service. Well, we got to take care of the wives, right? They put up with all our shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> oh Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's the experience that I'm talking about. I mean, like I, when I would go, you know, to the store, it wasn't just to go and buy fish and corals and get get you know talked into buying something that I didn't need and spending a whole bunch of money. It was that I was coming in to learn something, and eventually it was just to come in and see my friends. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's kind of what I like about it. You know, like it's yeah. not uncommon for me to have someone come in and say, "I want to do this," and I'll talk them out of it. Mm-hmm. and give them these such and such a reason why or even a couple of weeks ago i had someone come in and they wanted to buy this this fish and this fish and after you start to listen to them yeah and then i ask a few questions you get a sense you're like what and you dug into it and then by the time they were done i'm like i'm not letting you leave with this fish you're, you're not ready for mm-hmm. this we haven't done enough research yet you know we got to have some responsibility to the animals that we're keeping as pets they rely on us yeah for right? sure and the person was great about it because I gave them reasons why. And then they understood, like, it wasn't mm-hmm. just like, you know, tech with you, you're not getting this, you know, yeah. you treat them like an idiot. You got to guide them and help them understand why that was going to be a problem. Right. And then usually appreciate that because a, they don't want to kill the fish either. And B, they learn something. Yeah. Yeah. And you just sort of got to have that responsibility and, and try your best. Like no one's perfect. I'm sure I make mistakes, but we try. So with the, with the challenges, I mean, obviously I, I know what, without even asking, I already know what the best part for you is of running a store is that you are, you know, back in town with your family all the time, because mm-hmm. I know we've talked about that, yeah. but, uh, you know, with, with the moving from your side hustle to online store to, to really having your own you know, actual store through those different steps. What was kind of, uh, you know, what's, what's nice about having your own store now? Do you, do you, you know, do you ever think maybe I'll go hundred percent online or do you think like storefront is here to stay or, you know, what's the goal yeah. going forward? Yeah. The best part of it is a, yeah, I'm home. Although my mm-hmm. wife would probably debate that cause I'm always on the go, but it's a diff it's less stressful when you're away years which you're stressed out because you're not home you miss your family you're missing part of your life whatever this yeah. is a different kind of stress this is stress that you control mm-hmm. it's it, you're doing something you love and you get you get a sense of accomplishment out of the things that you do right and i think that i always was in my mind i think i was meant to run my own business whatever that yeah. was going to be i had no idea it was ever going to be fish it just sort of worked out that way yeah, before the aquarium stuff, did you ever run your own business? No. Oh, really? No. I thought you did some some like uh, music stuff. 
Oh yeah, I did some DJing and stuff like that, but that was pretty simple. It's not near. Right. It wasn't like running a business. It was. Just it's kind not of like thing. you know having to manage inventory and stock and all of that. It, it's just you know right. you go and show up. That was pretty easy. Yeah. So it's not kind of the same thing. Um, as for do you think I'll ever go just online? No, I don't think so. You have days where you wonder because yeah. you're supposed to, you're pulled in so many directions, and there's there's a season to this industry which people may not know. Mm -hmm. um, summertime, we all go outside, and it slows right down, and you start to go, ah, should I have the store? Should I be there? But it's it's kind of key. This is where all my installs and my service work has come from, and the community part of it. Like you need to have a hub somewhere where everybody can go together and share ideas and, you know, keep that spirit going. So mm -hmm. I don't think I'll ever change that. Yeah. How, how has it affected like your personal hobby? Uh, <laughs> great question. People are like, you must have a killer tank at home. I don't have any tanks at home yeah. at the current time. <laughs> I, know. I don't have time. Yeah. I want to, I'm planning to build myself an office in the other part of the basement over there and, and, I'll have some small tanks, but they're not going to be the giant tank that I want to have one day. They're going to be something probably simple and manageable just to have some life in the house. The kids would like to do it. Mm -hmm. But between all the service tanks that we're running, plus trying to keep on top of the store and various things that are going on, I don't have time to take on a full SPS tank at home like I would like to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it seems to be the common theme for most people. I, uh, I always wondered about that, like, you know, if you, if you make your hobby, your, your career, is it still your hobby or is it, you know, like, do you still, do you still ever, you know, think about that? Do you want to still have that dream tank or is your I would love different? to have that dream tank, but when I do it, I want to do it all the way. Right. So for now, I have a tank in the store that's my personal tank that I'm working away on. But it, you know, it it was always the sort of the bottom of the barrel priority. And we finally got through a bunch of different jobs that need to be done. And now, now we're really picking that one up and, and turning it mm -hmm. into something. So I, my sort of take on it was if I can't get the time to even get the tank at the store the way I wanted to over such a period of time, I certainly shouldn't be starting another one at home. I need to put all my efforts into the stuff that I've got going. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. So. And you finally added sand to that tank, which... Uh, yeah, I added was... sand to it. We did a lot of work to that tank in the last little bit, and it's really turned around. It just sort of sat yeah. stagnant at a certain a certain state for a while mm -hmm. because it just wasn't the... During COVID, it wasn't the top priority to have a beautiful show tank, and now that's mm -hmm. changed a bit. So now we're, we're working more at that and getting that up and running. Mm-hmm. So now that like you are so intertwined with what's going on in the aquarium service world and the aquarium, you know, industry, what do you think is kind of the next big thing that's coming in the hobby? I mean, like there was, there was the protein skimmer, you know, revolution that happened that we go from metal halides to T5s, T5s are now turning into LEDs, you know, we're, we're getting algae scrubbers now. Is there any type of equipment or do you think anything like that is coming down the pipe that you see and you think it's going to be the next big thing? I'm not sure about the equipment part of it. I think there's always going to be advancements and, and different things in that. I'm curious to see some of the stuff that I theorize Neptune might come out with in the next little bit. Mm -hmm. I think from what I'm watching and reading about and listening to that, I think you're going to see bacteria and biome be the next revolution mm -hmm. in the hobby i think they're gonna find out and they're already sort of working at that that the diversity of the bacteria and whatnot in our tanks are going to determine how successful they are right and i think they're going to find ways to help us all improve that yeah, um, I know. I know. There's some people doing testing on that right now, and I've heard um, a lot of people talking about this uh, aquabiomics.com in the states and mm -hmm. their water testing and what they're learning. And I think that's. It seems weird to be excited about that, but when you start listening to the information and then really understanding what they're saying, 
even though it's bacteria, it is exciting because I think once we get a handle on that, it's going to make the hobby, I'll say easier, but it's going to lift the success rate for a lot of people because we can't get the live rock and things like we used to. So you're not getting that diversity. And if we can figure out the best ways to reintroduce that from what's available or what could be available in the future, I think that's going to take things forward. So I think that's going to be a thing to watch. Yeah. There's like this big empty hole, I think still in the hobby where like there's some, some things happening in some tanks where they just happen to just be so stable, uh, pests are low, you know, yeah. Um, I can say even with this tank behind me, like when, man, when the first year of dealing with this tank, and I mean, like, that's a year where I used uh, a bio block from an existing saltwater tank or a, uh, not a bio block, what are they called? You know, like the pure, uh, yeah, like a marine pure block or whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. a very, yeah. So I used one of those from an existing tank I had. I used, uh, a mixture of live sand and, and uh, um, aragonite. I had some pieces of live rock that were from an existing tank. So like I, I didn't start it fresh. It was very yeah. much, I brought in what I thought was a fair amount of, of biological diversity before starting. And it mm -hmm. took a year of, I mean, like struggle. I went through a huge dino issue you know, if you listen back through the podcast, you can hear me whining about them. Um, there was a whole bunch of things. I had algae. I had tons of things. And and now that I look back, I think that all of those problems at the root cause, and I can't prove it yet, but I think that at the root cause, it was all um, an issue with, with biodiversity. Mm -hmm. And now that this tank has been established, it's no... I think equipment is really important. I think equipment and proper um, media and things like that can definitely help you get through those points. Time, you can't replace time. And I think the reason why you can't replace time is because in, a, in an aquarium, time equals biodiversity. And like my tank now is just, it's like a dream. <laughs> yeah. I just, I occasionally scrape some algae up. I still deal with the same things like aptasia and whatever, but like, I'm not dealing with all these like crippling dinoflagellants and, and all these weird things. They, they just, the tank itself is just so much more stable. And I've had, you know, times where um, I don't notice that my dosers run out and then all of a sudden like I have no out coming into the tank and it drops out. And like, I've done stupid things like that that everybody does. But in this tank, it just seems to to be more resilient. Mm -hmm. So I completely agree about that. I'm looking forward to seeing some of these tests that are being done and seeing the various things that they're trying and see what works. Like mm -hmm. you mentioned before, I put sand in my in my store tank. I used one of the live sands that's out there that they suggest might be a good option. I feel like I saw a difference. Mm -hmm but I also did a bunch of things to the tank. Right. So I, I sort of broke that rule. Don't do many two things at once because you don't know what did stuff for you. Right. So mm -hmm. I can't say, yes, this made a difference. Yeah. I feel like it did. It, it, I don't know. My gut says that it made a difference. Yeah. And the more we learn about bacteria, the more that we, you know, like uh, when I first started in the hobby, the, the cool thing to say was beneficial bacteria. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get the beneficial bacteria. It's like, oh, great. We'll just buy it in a bottle, stick it in there. If it's just beneficial bacteria, get the beneficial bacteria. Don't get the mm -hmm. non-beneficial bacteria. Uh, it is a little bit more complicated than that. And the yeah. more that we dive into this, the more that we understand, like, yeah, there's bacteria that clean your tank. There's bacteria that keep your fish alive. There's bacteria that, you know, nitrify. And there's all kinds of different things that are going on in our tanks. And they're giving us the answers to the questions that we have where we're all just kind of stumped. Like, I don't know, it just worked or I don't yeah. know my tank crashed. Well, maybe it, it was something that you couldn't see. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what we're going to find out. I think that's really going to be the next, the next thing. Mm -hmm. For sure. Big and flashy. It doesn't come in a shiny box, but I think it's going to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah. And then, so like, 
You don't do any live shipping for fish right now, right? I don't. Um, people ask all the time if I could. Mm-hmm. It comes down to time. Yeah. I just, I can't do it all. I'm not in Toronto with, you know, 3 million people on my doorstep. I, mm-hmm. you know, we got to do things differently based on the market that you're in. And I'm quite a ways from an airport, just things like that. So I just, I've opted not to get into that world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big trap that you can fall into. I can see some places that are going to fall into that trap shortly, trying to be all things to all people. And you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, you're going to drop the ball somewhere. Yeah. So sure. I decided not to go into that. I mean, I already have enough things on the go that I don't feel like I get to as quickly as I would like to sometimes. So I don't think adding something else to that's a good idea right now. Yeah. And we like, were doing a delivery service to some of the sort of outlying areas around us that was working well for us, but then COVID came around and that sort of slowed up and now I don't have enough staff to pull it off. So I'm trying to find, uh, find drivers and staff people. <laughs> yeah. I know. It seems I think like that'll it. all start to turn around and change here in the next little bit as things sort of ease up, but yeah. it's just part of the challenges you had to roll with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, all this stuff has just been so challenging. Yeah. The, well, that, that, that would be a, a, a good question is how did, aside from staffing issues, you know, did COVID affect your, your store at all? I think you, if you asked people in the aquarium industry in general, they would say that we were incredibly lucky and it actually helped business mm-hmm. for the first part of COVID until um, people got a little bit more comfortable. People were at home. They're working on their hobbies. I, I was just talking to some, one of my sales rep from Neptune today and he says that we definitely grew the industry during COVID. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as soon as it got nice there in the spring, everybody had freed up a little bit and bam, everybody went outside. Right. So the, definitely the last sort of six, seven, eight months was a bit more of a challenge, but for the first part, it was, as soon as you learned how to adapt to the situation and, and get things to your customers and help them, mm-hmm. it was, there were days where I was busier than I've been before. Mm-hmm. And then, so the, you know, another area that you got into was the invertebrates. Yeah. So how's that going? What is the, what's the deal with inverts? Um, everybody needs inverts mm-hmm. and you always need more. Mm-hmm. I would say that's probably one of the top selling items that we have. Yeah. Um, the frags and the corals are fun to look at and the fish, but I, I think that the invertebrates are the thing. Mm-hmm. So we try, you know, there's been some supply challenges and whatnot with COVID as well in certain time periods, but inverts is a thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody always needs inverts. Yeah. And they're cool. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And then like prices have obviously went up because of COVID. Mm-hmm. How, you know, how has it been at the store? Have you, have you been hearing a lot of backlash? Like have people um, really been it's upset? It's an expensive hobby, right? Yeah. So you're always, you get a range of, of opinions and what people were willing to pay for what. And when it comes down to it, it's a business like anything else. You can't give it away just because mm-hmm. it's hobby based. You still got to, you've still got bills to pay, heat to have, air conditioning to have, tanks mm-hmm. to run, fish to feed, whatever, family yeah. houses. You got to, you got to take care of yourself. So it costs what it costs. Mm-hmm. Um, no one's driving a Maserati. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no Maserati <laughs> parked in my backyard, right? Like yeah. you're not getting rich off this. And I think mm-hmm. people think a lot more of it goes into your pocket than it actually does. No, for sure. Um, did I see fish prices and things go up? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And even now, they've come down like a hair, but at, at the sort of the peak of COVID, I would say most fish and whatnot were double what they were before. Yeah. And it comes down to shipping. Yeah. There were, no, there were very few planes in the air. So it went the, place, the price that you got was dependent on the, the airspace and that got jacked way up. It's still way up on, you're seeing it come down, down now in the dry goods right. the containers at the shore. And I will tell you flat out, you're going to see price increases across the board here. And mm-hmm. the next little while the, the suppliers are all telling me they've held off as long as they can. 
but I, I would say by Christmas or by the new year, you're going to see prices go up. It's already started on some things and I know for a fact that there's more coming. So if there's a larger purchase that you've been waiting to make, I recommend you make it if yeah. you can and save yourself a few bucks because it's coming and it's not just our industry. It's every industry. It's just the yeah. way it is. For sure. And you know, I mean, yeah, oh, it's pay. across the board. Yeah, like the shipping container for anybody that used to cost to go two grand is now costing 20. Mm-hmm. That it's just life that that cost has to be transferred somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. you won't get the product. So yeah. it's coming. Oh, yeah, it's just uh, for sure. I and that's that's kind of a I don't think. I don't think this hobby is ever going to go away completely. I think that that's not going to happen. But I could see, you know, a lot of people starting to struggle with the cost of the hobby along with the rest of their lives. I mean, I'm just looking at the prices of everything. (laughs) You know, groceries are going up, gas is going up, everything's going up. And uh, everybody will have to make their choices. Yeah. As it's, that's just life. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think the hobby will always be there and people love their hobbies. Right. So, you know, that'll just be what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. It's the, it's the unfortunate side effect of the pandemic. Right? Yeah. I just, I just thought of a good idea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, you know, I don't know if you could ever set this up, but it would be pretty cool if when you were online shopping for a fish mm-hmm. and you wanted to buy, you know, you say you list on your website that you have a Scopus tang. And I'm like, well, how good does the Scopus tang look? And I can't see it. And I don't want to, you know, go into the store that day or something like that. Yep. If you were to have like little webcam set up or something. You know what? It's funny you said that because I have an app that I'm putting on my website shortly mm-hmm. to allow that for a personal shopping experience. That's it's, cool. It's it allows you to ring through and like and set up a time and take you around the store and show you stuff with the iPad and things like that. Oh, it just comes down to a time thing again. I just yeah. I started it and then I took it off temporarily because I just I don't feel like I've got it set right yet and you know I'm sort of pulling back on a few projects. Okay, let's finish this. Let's finish that rather than trying to do too many things at once. I have a bad habit of doing that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, um, that's cool. You know, I never, I never really knew that before you, uh, you started the store, you know, you were still slang and aquarium stuff from the alberta oil sands oh yeah 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 (laughs) you know pop up on the phone and you'd be talking to people through text and stuff and no one really knows where you are right yeah yeah that's cool uh, it was it was fun and you're trying to order something there and get it shipped from there direct to the person but it worked out yeah how is this um because like i know i know how it's uh you know influenced my life and you've clearly made you've clearly dove into this, this hobby, um, not even just by selling fish and corals and trying to make a dollar. You've, you've, you've dove into this literally into, you know, into conservation and to trying and getting involved with Cayman eco divers and you're an avid scuba diver. Like what, uh, is it, is that how it went? Did you, were you a scuba diver and then you got into coral reef? Um, it was kind of almost simultaneous mm-hmm. and not really on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a friend, one of my best friends lives in the Cayman Islands and he was always bugging me to come down. So we learned how to dive. It was all just sort of going on at the same time. And then the eco divers thing didn't come till later. I met them through the same friend and, you know, as we know, if you've watched the show before, Aaron used to be a local fish store worker Mm -hmm. so we had that in common and we're just similar personality we get along you know it just morphed into that and there used to be a podcast that i used to listen to all the time was called reef threads Mm -hmm. and they always used to talk about you know some of the same things that we talk about and having a responsibility to the creatures Mm -hmm. and i kind of took from that 
And I'm like, okay, we take, we should do something in return. So I've sort of turned that into part of how I operate the store and why I do the eco divers thing. Yeah, for sure. You know, we, we, we're ambassadors for, con for conservation. We know more about it than the average person. That's the best way to take it forward. Mm -hmm. Do your kids get into the aquarium stuff? Like when they see the, when they come into the store, they come into the store, like a tornado, everything <laughs> on the lower shelves is on the floor. They run around and look at the fish for a few minutes. They like to feed them and then they're done and they're off to get a happy meal. <laughs> they're, they're not quite old enough to have a real interest just yet. Other than it's just fun for them to be in a different environment. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's probably what is one of my favorite things is uh, when little kids come over and like my niece and, uh, stuff and they look in the tank and mm. it's yeah. fun when customers bring their kids into the store um mm -hmm. if i can i like on the weekend one of our customers came in so we try and feed the lionfish while we're while they're there or we'll mm -hmm. let them play with a you know put their hand in the tank and let the cleaner shrimp run around on their hand or something just to sort of engage them mm -hmm. because it's easier for the parent if the kids are involved and Oh, yeah. you know, or it's easier for them to shop if they're like excited about coming to the store rather than say, Hey mommy, I want to go to Toys R Us. Like yeah. we even have a TV on the wall that more than once has been tuned to Paw Patrol so that parents can shop. <laughs> and that That's question. funny. Yeah. We have a little circle of kids on the floor watching this cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, that uh that was good. Yeah, is, this, uh, this is, is our Ryan... first shot at this. We're trying a few things simultaneously here. We'll make some tweaks and, and refine them and turn the podcast into a regular video thing. When we have our guests on, we're going to be able to show you videos and screen shares as we go. And it's the next step in the progression. We're kind of stoked about it. Yeah, it would be really fun if when we're doing these live broadcasts, if anybody is watching or uh, you know, if you see this after we, we, you know, upload it non live or whatever, if you, if you, uh, if you're watching and you want to butt in and ask a question or you, you want to make a comment on what we're talking about, you know, go for it. It just makes it that much more fun. For yeah. Us and, we're, we're and, new to this live streaming thing, but it was awesome yeah. for Brian to jump in and give us somebody. So we see how that operates or yeah. about that. So for sure. Yeah. Hey, there's Tim right there. It was his daughter that was in on the weekend that uh, was helping me feed the lionfish. Oh, nice. <laughs> what kind of lionfish do you guys have right now? Uh, it's just a volatans lionfish, but oh, yeah. uh, the wholesaler had it switched to frozen food before I got it, and mm -hmm. it's continued that and now eats it readily. I actually think somebody from Windsor purchased it online today, so hopefully come on the weekend and get it. So he's getting a, a tank-ready fish, so he'll be excited about that, I'm sure. Nice. That's one fish I always wanted to keep. Oh, gorgeous fish from yeah. if it's in the right environment, you know, yeah. where oh, it's yeah. supposed to be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. So. All right. Well, uh, right. well again, thanks, thanks for joining thanks. us for our first attempt at this. And uh, it's uh, looking like it's going to work out for us. So you'll see a lot more of these and we'll have, uh, have our guests on and uh, take this to the next level. Yeah. And, and listen, we, we've, We've gotten some people reaching out to us and some, um, some oh, different, yeah. you know, folks who are interested in coming on. And, um, you know, if there is anybody out there who's interested in, in becoming a sponsor for the show or yeah. wants us to have a, uh, you know, a broadcast with you on it or you want yeah, to if you're doing on, something cool, like if you're breeding or you just really like to talk about your tank or you work at a facility that does something conservation related or or aquarium related and you'd like to share it with people we love to have you reach out yep. to us because we're always looking for things to talk about totally I'll try, right. to get, uh, I'll try and get the folks at reef wholesale to let me come up there they've got a whole bunch of cool projects going on so yeah get us see if we can get uh get a chat going up there yeah, I heard there was a store in London called uh, Sustainable Marine Canada that was going to make a big donation soon to the sh to the show. So that would be oh great. yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think they already do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 
So, anyway. And also, uh, we're, uh, Mitch and I are, are teaming up to get uh, the company that he started for the reef.com up and going again. Um, you know, life and COVID and job changes took the focus off that a little bit, but uh, we'll have a little episode where we show you some of the products and talk a little bit more about that and, and get that ramped up. We're hoping to get that ramped up for uh, the Christmas season here. And yeah. the money that we make from that gets donated to our friends at, at uh, EcoDivers. Yeah, we, you know, it's, it's, COVID was a, was a beast in a lot of different ways. And one way in particular is it, it, it kind of, um, kind of slowed things down a lot before the reef. And, you know, I'm really excited to have Ian join me in this journey. The more the merrier, I want to just do what we can with this. And, and, uh, you know, we're, we have some really great designs coming out. I have a local local artist who's putting together a really awesome design that I have in mind. And, uh, we're gonna have some uh, some of our our organic cotton and bamboo sweaters made. They're um, super comfortable, by the way. I have two. Well, I don't have two because my wife's stolen them both. But there's yeah. two in my house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're the only, as far as I. No, we're we're the only one who, who's doing sweaters like this. These are yeah. these are microplastic free. So when you wash these uh, fleece sweaters, there's no microplastics. It's made from bamboo. It's a crushed bamboo. Basically, there's a mechanical way and a chemical way of compressing of, of compressing the bamboo. We're doing it the mechanical way. We have organic cotton blend. Uh, these sweaters are are amazing. Uh, yeah, they're you know, we want to really bring a lot of products that people just genuinely want. You know, we're going to have long sleeves. We're going to have hats. We're going to, you know, maybe even one day we'll have dive gear. Yeah. Who knows where <laughs> it could go, right? Yeah. So appreciate everybody's support. You know, it's, it's, it's fun to, to be able to do this. And uh, we're, we're, we're super excited to, to talk to more people and bring more people onto the show. And, uh, yeah. you know, if you want to sponsor the show, if you want to come onto the show, or if you just want to send us an email, all of it, we, we appreciate the support. Yeah, neither one of us has a ton of time, but we make time when as soon as we as much as we can to do this because it's fun and yeah. we really enjoy it. And we hope that somebody gets something out of it and that we can share something that we've learned with you guys. Absolutely. We get our wives on here one day to talk about what it's like being the wife of a fish guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Good luck to them agreeing to that. <laughs> <laughs> then, then we'll just have to get off the show because they'll just yeah. sit there and they'll just complain about us for an hour. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for bearing with us for, during our uh, our test show here. And uh, we'll hopefully come back at you with a guest for the next episode. See ya. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the For the Reef podcast. As always, you can reach us at ForTheReefPodcast at gmail.com or via our websites, ForTheReef.com or SustainableMarineCanada.ca. If you would like to get involved and help the reef restoration efforts, check out our friends at CaymanEcoDivers.com. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please hit subscribe and join us for the next episode coming soon.